Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. Up first in today's country comment, Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing will stop by with a look at the hog markets. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next hour. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program is Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing. To give us an update on the hog markets, he starts off by talking about forward hog contract prices. Forward contract prices have uh, been exceptional here the last few weeks or so. Um, futures markets are are uh, reflecting just really strong supply-demand fundamentals. Um, it's pretty typical that at this time of year we see supplies start to tighten up and um, into the summer months, we see some of the tightest supplies over the course like, that we typically would see over the course of the year. And then that combined with really exceptional demand, both in the domestic and, and export markets, um, we, we're, we're just kind of uh, on a high uh, right now. So we're looking at record high futures levels, and uh, that's translating into... Um, really high yeah i i'd say record high based on the current contracts it's it's the contract highs i suppose i should say um and the uh and that translates into high the really uh exceptional forward contract prices despite the fact that the canadian dollar has been working against us a little bit uh it's up to 82 cents now and and that's up about five cents or so from uh where it was uh, well, about a month or two ago. Just a thought on uh, cash prices. Yeah, cash prices are you know are reflecting the same fundamentals that have that are getting worked into futures values. Um, we've got uh, a scenario where packers in the United States are finding uh, it difficult to source all the supplies that they that they want. So they want to be operating at um, at like full capacity. Um, but quite simply, they're they're not they're not all of them are able to find the supplies to do that, and so they're as a result they're they're bidding um, higher for those uncommitted hogs, and uh, and it's because they've got reasonable, pretty good margins on them. Wholesale pork prices have uh, have moved to um, well, probably some of the highest levels that we've seen over the last. Uh, five years, anyways, and uh, and there's really not any end in sight to that. Um, I think the I think the part of the impact of you know of the COVID restrictions across North America has just been um, almost a rediscovering of of pork uh, by consumers for at home consumption. And uh, I think if if you'd questioned or if you'd questioned the analysts a year ago. And say, you know, what would be the result? Uh, I'm not sure that 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 would have been uh, their answer. But but in any case, it's good news for for hog producers. And uh, what's the latest with um, African swine fever? I guess around the world. Yeah, it's still wreaking havoc in uh, in China, and is and is a huge um, huge factor that's con- you know that's impacting uh, grain markets uh, and impacting meat protein markets. Um, there's still a massive deficit of protein, uh, meat protein, uh, for consumption in China. And so, um, 
there's, you know, they're still, you know, trying to contend with it. They've gone through uh, a couple of waves of kind of uh, recovery, and then um, and then another wave of of uh, of the disease moving through some of their commercial herds. Um, it's really difficult to get good information, but we're we're fairly sure that uh, that that issue is just far from being resolved, despite you know, an intensification of their production system to a more commercial outfit. You know, previous to the outbreak two or three years ago, much more, a much larger percentage of the Chinese production uh, was done on smaller kind of mom-and-pop operations. Um, and some of their new regulations that are, that are preventing swill, swill feeding uh, has really uh, caused uh, caused a number, a big segment of that of that group of those producers to exit the industry. Um, so it's it's an ongoing issue that uh, uh, that we're going to be looking at for probably still years to come. You know the the volatility of hog markets is always it seems a constant, but it, right now we find ourselves on the high side of things. So it's uh, it's a good time to be a hog producer. That was Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services giving us an update on the hog markets. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Ice Futures Canola Market has raised its daily limit in recent days. Brian Voth with Intellifarm Inc. explains. Anytime any of the grains trade and close at a limit, and it's anything, whether it's canola, corn, soybeans, wheat, um, if it closes locked at a limit, up or down, the exchange actually expands the limit for the following day. One way of adding volatility or adding range, I guess if you want to call it that, they're increasing the range because there's obviously a lot of interest at that higher price or lower, depending on which way you go. And so they, they increase the range effectively to try and get people in or out of positions that couldn't because we ended up locked at the limit the previous day. Every day that we close the limit, the limits will get expanded for the following day. And the Canadian Cattlemen's Association and the Nature Conservancy of Canada recently held a virtual conversation series on the role grazing livestock can play in providing nutritious and nature-positive solutions for Canada. The CCA's Manager of Government and Food Industry Relations is Lauren Martin. As an example, um, cows are up cyclers. They can, take, they can take grass that we certainly can't eat and turn it into a dense protein. They can take uh, food waste, quote-unquote food waste, and turn it into something that we can eat. Um, So that's just one example of kind of how they tie into the broader system. The CCA is concerned about some of the UN Food System Summit policies regarding the reduction of red meat consumption in developed countries. Martin says the conversation series was a good first step, but noted that more collaboration is needed. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, May 10th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glendalee Allen Wasser will chat with the Canadian Cattlemen's Association's Manager of Government and Food Industry Relations, Lauren Martin. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association is concerned about some of the UN food system policies regarding the reduction of red meat consumption in developed countries. With that in mind, the CCA and the Nature Conservancy of Canada recently held a virtual conversation series on the role grazing livestock can play in providing nutritious and nature-positive solutions for Canada. 
Glendalee Allen Wasser caught up to the CCA's manager of government and food industry relations, Lauren Martin. Lauren, to start with, tell us about the event and what you were hoping to do here. This event was in anticipation of the upcoming United Nations Food Systems Summit. And if it's not on your radar yet, it might be in the next couple of months. The actual UN Food Systems Summit itself is not until September or sometime in the fall of 2021. But this is a large global policy conversation, so it's really been rolling since 2019. Um, and our position in that is, is because it's been rolling since 2019, we know that some of the outcomes it's looking to explore, or at least the policies that it's looking to explore, is the reduction of red meat consumption, and particularly in developed countries. So from CCS perspective, that's not exactly a positive thing. And moreover, we really don't think that it's a positive thing for either the planet or the people in it, um, both from an environmental and from a nutrition perspective. So we partnered with Nature Conservancy of Canada, who we do have a long-standing uh, relationship with, um, to talk about the role of grazing livestock, and particularly in, in the production practices of, of those grazing livestock, like how it conserves grassland ecosystems. Um, and then also to talk about the sustainable consumption practices. So what be- what beef and other grazing livestock p- protein sources adds to the diet. Take us through some of the highlights as far as the discussion that you heard and, and what we should take away from that. A great discussion. But in terms of high-level takeaways, I think the role of collaboration really was apparent. Even in the way we put together the dialogue, you know, of the diversity of people around the table, of course, they're going to say that this this was great. This was an example of collaboration um, and that we need more of it to, to improve upon the food system. Another key takeaway was there is no one-size-fits-all. Unfortunately, for consumers out there, there's nothing that's black and white, good or bad. There is no simple or easy answer. It's, uh, it's I think, that we all have to work on uh, this, this continual improvement process. And then we have to have the right metrics, benchmarks, research, and incentives in order to do so. And that we have to have that that level of, of understanding and cooperation in realizing the important benefits that livestock play. Right, yeah. I mean, every single commodity out there, every single production system really has a role to play in the food system. Um, and so I'm speaking on behalf of CCA when I say this, but then to villainize kind of, you know, beef or, or whatever as being something we should reduce or altogether eliminate, I think what it does is it underplays or uh, it, it takes away from the role that it is currently playing, the role that it currently has in the market and consumers demand for it. Um, so, you, you know, like as an example, um, cows are upcyclers. They can take they can take grass that we certainly can't eat and turn it into a dense protein. They can take uh, food waste, quote unquote, food waste and turn it into something that we can eat. Um, so that's just one example of kind of how they tie into the broader system. I've been talking with Lauren Martin, the manager of government and food industry relations with the Canadian Cattlemen's Association.
For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food is hosting an egg chat May 24th. Visit the MWAF website for details. Manitoba Pork is offering an online workshop entitled What Can Biosecurity Software Offer My Farm? That'll take place Tuesday, May 25th at 1.30 p.m. Go to the Manitoba Pork website for details. 4-H Manitoba is hosting a video contest on now until the end of the month. The contest gives Manitoba members and clubs a chance to showcase what they're doing this year. Visit the 4-H Manitoba website. And Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, the province is launching an online public engagement on Manitoba's agriculture and agri-food industry. Here's Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. So this is our Canadian Agriculture Partnership, or CAP, CAP funding agreement. It expires in March. The five-year agreement between the provinces, territories, and federal government expires in March of 2023. So we need a new agreement by uh, April 1st, 2023. So this there's lots of negotiations happening on behind the scenes. Besides the business risk management, which is your crop and forage insurance, agri-stability, agri-invest. We also are negotiating lobbying in here for to have the livestock insurance program become part of that business risk management suite of programs. And then there is the Ag Action Manitoba, and this is of interest to our commodity groups and food processors. This is a research, technology, innovation, capital expenditure on food processing um, you know, groups like Pulse and Soybean, Oat Growers, Crop Alliance, Livestock Groups, universities have all been doing research, technology, innovation, and then, of course, our food processors. We've been funding through uh, Ag Action Manitoba some of the new investments in food processing. So it, it's, a, it's a big deal for the ag community. And the other thing I wanted to touch on, uh, the province investing up to a million dollars to support the development and implementation of a new water management strategy. Um, Talk a little bit about that. We wanted to get, we need a water strategy uh, for Manitoba. Water, sort of right off the top, the four groups for water. You know, there's water quality and quantity. There's industrial use, there's potable water use, there's recreational use. All these uses are are normally, other than years like this, we have lots of water and we we need to manage it better. And even in years like this, we need, you know, this is showing um, the long-term needs for some uh, drought-proofing, some water management, water storage capacity. And so we wanted an outside group to spearhead this, and then reach out to all the various groups and interests and then put together some recommendations coming back to government. And Emily, the Enterprise Machine Intelligent Learning Initiative, was a good fit for this. They're putting together their oversight committee 
that will then reach out to all these various interests and, and gather in experts and, and public opinion on, on where people think water management, water um, um, uh, strategy should be. Any thoughts on, um, on seeding here, you know, as farmers um, continue to plug away? Oh, lots of crop going in the ground. I see soybeans and corns now going in. It looks like most of the cereals are in. It's very dry, but, uh, you know, new technology out there. The, much of the equipment nowadays, very little soil disturbance, so they're holding that moisture that's in there. But uh, we definitely need some rain in the near future. That was Manitoba Agriculture and Resource Development Minister Blaine Peterson. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers continue to watch the markets rise. Brian Voth is president of IntelliFarm Inc. I do think that we're in for uh, a period of higher prices. But that said, don't get lulled into the uh, you know, 15 18 20 or even $24 canola is the new norm. It's not. And we will go back to normal at some point. I just I don't think it'll end up being for the 2021 crop year. And a recent discussion series focused around some of the issues being talked about for the UN's Food Systems Summit this fall. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association partnered with the Nature Conservancy of Canada for a virtual conversation series. Lauren Martin is the CCA's Manager of Government and Food Industry Relations. We know that some of the outcomes it's looking to explore, or at least the policies that it's looking to explore, is the reduction of red meat consumption, and particularly in developed countries. So from CCA's perspective, that's not exactly a positive thing. And moreover, we really don't think that it's a positive thing for either the planet or the people in it, um, both from an environmental and from a nutrition perspective. She says the discussion focused around the role grazing livestock can play in providing a nutritious and nature-positive solution for Canada. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have another edition of The Bean Reports. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.